Man, how many feel good? How many feel better than when you got here? Yeah, okay. We'll work with that, all right? It's, uh, it's too cold out, though. We have barbecues planned today and tomorrow and a uh, pool party. I think a pool party today is going to turn up more into a cookout and volleyball, beach volleyball and spike ball. But uh, tomorrow I think we'll be able to swim. But anyway, yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it was initially called Decoration Day. And uh, it started in the Civil War, actually. 625,000 uh, lost their lives in the Civil War. Can you imagine the courage and the risk they took? fighting for what they believed in. And, um, and you see that still today, the military men and women fighting for what they believe in and the courage and the risk. We're going to talk a little bit about courage and risk today. Um, and then 1971, it became an official holiday named Memorial Day. But um, man, we need, to, we need to make sure it's just not about brats, hot dogs, and hamburgers this weekend. We really need to pay honor and, uh, and remembrance to uh, to our freedoms and who fought and literally paid the ultimate price for us to be grilling out this weekend, for us to be having cookouts, and for us to be roaming in a free land of the greatest nations on the planet. I think I've been to 22 nations, and so far this is the best one I've been to, so uh, I'm thankful and honored to, to grow up and to, to live here. Um, last week, speaking of warfare, uh, there was a shofar, and uh, I just want to explain the context of a shofar. Uh, with, when used in the right context, it's very powerful in an environment. Um, and the shofar in the Bible was used in celebration and in warfare. And when used within those contexts, it's very fitting. When used outside those contexts, it could be kind of weird. So um, there's a season for a dirge. There's a season for a flute. There's a season for a harp. There's a season for a shofar. And we love free worship here. We love the celebration of Jesus. We, we love those things. We just ask that they be done in the context uh, in the environment that is fitting to the Lord. And uh, so if you're going to bring instruments or different things, maybe get with the worship leader and just ask if, like, that's cool. And because uh, a lot of times and oftentimes we reserve instruments and, and some of those extravagant things for the stage. And uh, so they have tryouts. They have different ways to do that. So just get with Lydia and uh, she'll help direct you in the right way for that. All right. Next week, Corey Wasson's going to be bringing the word. Super excited for that. So we've been in this thing for the last few weeks and the last several months of Worship, Grow, Go. Uh, honestly, not just redefining, but clarifying more so who we are. Uh, we're a church that worships. We're a church, like Nicole said, that prays, that intercedes, that when there's a problem here, it's all of our problem. We're a family, and we grow together. We grow closer to the Lord, closer to each other in this journey and in this walk called life, all right? Until we get our upgrades, we are here for one another, and we're here to, to swing that sword for one another and to be here. And then the other thing is Go. I believe like our go becomes really easy when we're filled up with Jesus and, and when our worship is unto him and our ministry unto him is so powerful, when his presence, his spirit comes in us, all of a sudden it's natural for us to grow, to get healthy, to be convicted by things, to pursue him more, to be more like him as, as the days go on, as well as then go and make disciples. So um, last week, I, or two weeks ago, started just a three-week kind of mini-series on Holy Spirit. The first week was Holy Spirit in you. Last week was Holy Spirit upon you. And this week, it's going to be Holy Spirit through you. All right? If something gets in me, something has to get out. When Holy Spirit gets in me, Holy Spirit wants to get out. And we talked about not wanting to avoid Holy Spirit. It's the third part of the Godhead, all right? We're not afraid of Holy Spirit. Like we've been saying, it's not a spooky, mystical thing. Like Holy Spirit dwells in us, lives through us. He's a person. It's not this thing that's just weird just because we're uncomfortable or we don't really know that side, so we'll just avoid it as a church. No, we want all of Jesus, we want all of what the Bible promises us. We want the fulfillment of his, of his gospel, of his promises, of the Lord's prophecies. We want them all, and we don't want to just stop short just because we may not know something about that, or we may not be comfortable with that, or we may not have been exposed to that, or better yet, we may have been hurt or pushed away because the television revealed something different from that prophetic gift. Listen, the gifts and the things of the Holy Spirit were never meant to push people away or manipulate or try to get personal agendas fulfilled. It's always the gifts and Holy Spirit is always to lead you closer to the Father. 
And we're gonna dabble into that a little bit this week, but we started really with alignment for the assignment. We talked about Jesus' baptism, 30 years of sonship, 30 years of alignment before he was released to three years of assignment. And that baptism kind of became the time change in the, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Then we talked about the prodigal son, how he came to his senses, he came to himself um, in the hog pen, in his mess. How many can relate to that? Like in our mess, all of a sudden, we meet Jesus. And uh, continually even, in my mess, all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and everything changes. One moment in his presence transforms us forever. We may remember this, this sermon, you know, if I'm really good, maybe for three days. You might remember it for three days, if, if it's really good today. No, maybe a week, maybe even a year, like the really, really powerful ones. But his presence is what transforms us for a lifetime. And then we talked about even the talents, the talents that were given out. That was really a story of identity, a story of sonship, a story of risk, that the ones who knew him as Lord and Savior risked it all because they knew no matter what, even if they lost it all, he'd still love them. That's the story of the Father. Like, no matter what, he still loves you. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. No principalities, no depth, no height. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So today, I want to really talk about fulfilling our assignment on earth. I wanna talk about the spiritual gifts. I wanna talk about even the supernatural, a weird word, right? That, that if you're not charismatic, might sound a little threatening or scary. So, so here's the deal. I love what my mentor says, Leif Hetland. He says, uh, it's not what you do that makes you who you are. It's who you are that makes you do what you do. That's the alignment for the assignment. So the Holy Spirit in me and the Holy Spirit upon me needs to get out. And the Holy Spirit upon me is for others to be revealed to the Father and to encounter Jesus. And we get to have a process. We get to be a conduit. We get to be the hands and feet and even the voice piece of Jesus, oftentimes to those around us, to lead them to a greater depth of relationship, maybe a revelation of Jesus, maybe an encounter with him. And these are the things, and, and the Lord uses all, tons of tools for that. So we're going to get into that. But I was an atheist up till I was in my mid-20s. And I was, it was, I was on assignment at the time to prove God wrong. And to prove, in my mind, that the Bible was only a system used to control people and make people be good so that the whole world functions well together. That's what my belief system had become until Jesus encountered me. Until one moment in his presence, until one moment I felt the love of a father. For one moment, in this one instant, all of a sudden I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. And I had this encounter with Jesus that's unexplainable, that left me weeping after not crying for several years. And now all of a sudden I went from what, what I joke around, like I went from atheist to revivalist. And I went from not believing anything in the Bible to believing every single word was true. And this one encounter, this one moment with Jesus reshifted my personality. It realigned my theology and my thoughts. And now, like, it became this thing where if the Bible mentions it, it becomes an invitation for me. If the Bible mentions raising the dead, then that's an invitation for me to pray for dead people. Now, since I'm a firefighter paramedic, I get exposed to a lot of stuff, so I try it, all right? I, it, if I saw healing in the Bible, I try it. If I saw people walking on water in the Bible, I try it. Now, I've yet to succeed in that, or walking through a wall, or teleporting that I've prayed for, going, traveling to Norway or New Zealand. I was like, please, Lord, just teleport me now. This 14-hour flight is ridiculous, and I'm, I'm in a corner seat next to this lady in a two-seater for 14 hours. I couldn't take, you know, please, just take me there now. This became an invitation to me whenever I, I saw these things in the Bible. So it all became true and alive and a hope and a prophecy. So the things that we saw last week, we saw healings last week. Hearing Lydia's testimony about her back, that testimony now becomes a prophecy because now we're awakened by faith that says if God can do it in her, God can do it in me. If God did it in that person, he can do it in this person. If God healed cancer here, he can heal cancer in Katrisa and Lauren and others. Like, God can do it. God can. Everybody say, God can. God, can. God, wants, to. God wants to. And God loves to. God and you fill in the blank. Heal, deliver, save, redeem, restore. Like, everything that the Bible promises is what God will do, and he also wants to do it. He not only loves you, he likes you. 
It says life and life abundantly. John 10, 10 says the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life abundantly, not just a heavenly eternal life and the heaven ticket for eternity, but life abundantly here on earth. So we get this opportunity. How many believe that some of Jesus's last words should be our top priority? I'm a believer of that. So let's go to the Great Commission, Mark 16, 14 through 20. I've had some great feedback that people have been loving me reading a lot of scripture. Okay, I'm going to take that next level today, all right? So you, you just fueled the fire, people, okay? So we're going like three full chapters today. So if it's too much, you better give me feedback, and then I'll back it down next time. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're going to get through some things. Paul, I believe Paul was the first expert in church planting, all right? Paul has some experience in church planting. Paul has some experience when he's telling the folks of each region and each church that he was uh, over and, and launched, I believe he has some expertise in the way of like how to do Christian living, how to be closer to the Lord, how to work out your problems, how to walk in a supernatural life. Would everybody agree with that? So we're going to hit three different churches that Paul confronts and talks about some giftings today. But first, let's go to Mark 16. It says, afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, here's the great commission, Mark. It says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Go, tell people about Jesus, share the good news, right? And it says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And I love this part, in these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and they will drink of deadly poison and it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I know many of us have grown up in different styles of churches and different denominations where sometimes that might get a little weird seeing somebody lay hands on somebody else. It's biblical. We do things here that are biblical. We, we try not to move outside that context, and we do things in order as the Bible says so. But these things are biblical. Prophecy is biblical. Speaking in other languages is biblical unto the Lord and, and, and unto the people with interpretation, right? So there's these things that are biblical, but then when it happens, we're like, what? That's weird. Okay, let's just read our Bible. It's, it's cool, all right? It's cool. It's in there. So one of those is laying on of hands. Paul often talked about the laying on of hands. So it says, and so then the Lord Jesus, after he had uh, spoken to them, was taken up into the heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. There's also signs. Signs, wonders, and miracles, right? So it says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I want to point something out. It doesn't say, it says the believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He's talking to believers here. We, believers, get to do these things and, and honestly to glorify the Lord in the process and reveal his good nature to people around us. It doesn't say the elders lay hands on the sick or pastors only can lay hands on the sick or the priest and the high priest can only lay hands on the sick. No, believers, so let me just tell you this. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are now a qualified prayer partner of Jesus. And you can now do things and see signs and wonders and miracles. You can give encouraging words. You can lead people to the goodness of the Father because you are qualified and ordained by him as a believer. Okay, so let's just start there, okay? Now we're going to move on. Okay, Acts 1.8, touched on this last week. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me where? Everywhere, everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will tell everybody about me, and you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. Now this is great news. When the Spirit comes upon us, we're gonna receive power. How many have received the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, woo! It's amazing. Now it's not within my ability or even my inability. It's his ability. The pressure's not on me to pray for somebody and see him get healed. That's on Jesus. I pray he heals. It's not on me to change that person or, or to change that thing or that circumstance. I pray he comes in. That's it. Now let's, let's move on here. First, though, is the Holy Spirit. In order to work and have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have to have the Holy Spirit in us. All right? And then we have to like ask, like, hey, God, just give me the gifts. 
okay? It's that simple. Salvation is that simple. Asking him into your heart, admitting our faults, acknowledging the cross and how he died for us, and then boom, we're saved. It's a gift of salvation. So 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says this, but you should be eager for the greater gifts. And it says, and now I will show you a way that is beyond comparison. How many want to live that kind of like Ephesians 3.20 life? Like that, that thing, more than you could ask, think, dream, or imagine kind of life. Like this is like another promise. Like I'll show you a life beyond comparison. In John 14, he says that we'll do more signs and wonders. We'll do more works than what Jesus did. And not a series of books could contain all of what Jesus did. That's cool. Like imagine that. I think I've shared this before. My, my grandpa, he had this, the, the, the encyclopedias. The, is it Britannica or is that the name brand? And like he would have like two rows, this bookshelf. And I was like, man, when grandpa dies, I want those encyclopedias. It was like one of the things. I think he had a fish, a gun, and I was like, man. And you know, it's kind of funny like when you're 10 and you look at like how old you think your grandpa is. He's probably only like 70 at the time, right? I was like, man, I want that. But he taught himself. He, he had to quit school in West Virginia uh, to provide for the family before sixth or seventh grade. So he taught himself, uh, basically educate himself through reading the entire uh, series of encyclopedias. So I look at that as a kid. I'm like, man, that's a lot of information. I want to read all of those one day too. And I think of that, like, so the Bible's saying Jesus did so many miracles, a series of books couldn't even contain them all. We get a glimpse here, but not a series of books could even contain all of what Jesus did, and the promise is that we'll do more than what Jesus did. Wow, that's cool. That's a great invitation, isn't it? All right, so we get to the spiritual gifts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Steve Justice preached on this a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, roughly, I'm thinking. Cool message, cool, cool definition of, of these gifts and, and, and various things. So you can look that up if you're interested. So I'm going to go with it from a little bit of a different perspective here. So 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to start my timer now. I'll deduct a couple minutes for y'all, okay? The timer is just to keep me on track. Okay. Otherwise, I've spoken at schools for four hours before and, like, had to be shut down. Like, I can just keep going, which is crazy. Let me just tell you a gift, all right? Failed speech class in college. Absolutely um, failed my final speech and different things in senior uh, year of high school. I could not get in front of people and speak. I would shake. I would drop my note cards. I would, I would have to be in the bathroom many, 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 many times before these series of events would occur. And when I got saved and the Lord was calling me to do more than just what I was doing around there and calling me to a platform-style ministry, um, I said, Lord, then you better do something. I hate being in front of people. And, and let me just say, when God wants to use you for something, he's going to equip you for it. And not everybody's going to be equipped for this. You're equipped to be a nurse. You're equipped to be a teacher. You're equipped to be the pastor and the leader around you to the people that you influence, okay? This is just one of the ways I'm equipped. I'm also equipped as a lieutenant at the Troy Fire Department to reach and love those around me, those who we're serving and serving with. So there's all these capacities. But I was like, Lord, if you want me to like, actually speak in front of people, you better deliver me. Because it was bad, guys. Now I can't shut up. All right. But I need to. Let's move on. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. We'll save Romans 12 for here in a minute. Spiritual gifts. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I'm going to be reading a lot. All right, follow along. Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Good works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Here in a minute, I'm going to talk about the general theme of these three chapters we're going to read. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives us the ability to wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another ability to prophesy. 
He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the, only, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now here's the one body, many parts, all right? The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. So of us are, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized in one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ears say, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if, you, if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put us each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best for all. Now, now here, here's what's cool. The next chapter, Paul defines love. 58.5% of all weddings use this set of context of scripture in their, in their marriages, in their wedding ceremonies. I'm just kidding, I made that up. So, but there's a bunch, okay? So Paul's definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is quoted in so many weddings. But for me, it's not just a definition of love, it's literally a challenge. Like, can we live this way? Can we live this way with our brother and sister? Can we live this way with the, with the people that we work with? Can we live this way with the people we disagree with on social media? That was an intentional pause. <laughs> Can we live this way in the way of the opposing political party we may not agree with? Can we live this way in those uh, who have the opposite view of a mask or no mask? Like, you see what I'm going with this? Like, can we really love in the way that Paul challenges us to love even our adversaries? And then he ends it up in verse 13 with this one scripture. These three things may remain forever, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Love. The greatest is love. And then 14 goes into spiritual gifts again. It goes into tongues. It goes into a prayer language, singing in an unknown language. It goes into prophecy and the importance of prophecy. So let's bounce to Romans 12. Romans 12. Honestly, same theme, different church. How many think like, like okay, like Paul's getting to something here. Like he's wanting, this is important for Paul to communicate from the Lord that this is important, that the body is different and needs to be exercising in the gifts and operating in love. So it says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of, the, of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? think then you will learn to know god's will for which is good and pleasing and perfect goes on to say because of the privilege and authority god has given me i give each of you this warning don't think you are better than you really are 
Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as your bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Anybody hear something common here? We hearing a theme? In his grace, God has given us different gifts. These are the gifts of grace for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith that God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness of others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That sounds fun. Like, serve him enthusiastically. Like, we can actually have fun in church. It's cool. Like, we can do this. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to keep, to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Like, th this is just good stuff. I I'm, I'm reading the full chapter here because it's not just about the gift. It's not just about operating in a gift. Listen, I can heal somebody and then the next thing I do is spit on them and then the healing's not gonna mean anything. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, like I, can, I, I, I bought coffee for a dude last week, a homeless guy in Troy, and hung out with him for an hour. We talked and I prayed for him. He knows Jesus. Like, it was this cool time. And then if the next time I'm just rude and mean to him and like look down on him, what good was the other time to show the brother like the love of Jesus? It goes on with this. So it's not just about the gifts. It's not just about, about the charismatic gifts or the grace gifts or these different things. It's about showing love one to another. How will they know you're my disciples? By the love you show one to another. So we get into this, this love. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. These are good verses for our kids. And me. My, my daughter's 14 now. Now, like, we've been arguing hard lately about biblical science. <laughs> I guess there's other things we could be arguing about, but she's like, it's been fun. Anyway, there you are. I was like, she must be in class. No, you're right there. I enjoy our arguments, Chloe. <laughs> you're so awesome. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are, are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everybody. Do what's within your ability to live with in peace. We're not asked to do beyond that, to be honest with you. We're not asked to give up our own health and our own sanctity of, of mind, right? I'm, I'm not asked to go beyond what I need to do peacefully to live in harmony. Dear friends, and never take revenge. Leave that as righteous anger to God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. I want to just touch on that. It feels like we've been living in a world the last year to year and a half that there is a year and a half that there is no middle ground. There is no like compromise. It's right or wrong. It's mask or no mask. It's vaccine or no vaccine. It's Democrat or Republican. There's like no middle ground to where even if we disagree, I'm just going to unfriend you, unfollow you, and now you can't be part of my life. That is not what the Bible says to do with those who oppose you or even enemies. Like we have to reveal, if we disagree with people, who's going to show them the love of Jesus? It might be us. It might be somebody else, but it might be us. And I'm not saying don't stand up for what you feel, but there's a loving, kind, gentle way to do that to where you're actually just trying to share feelings and not convince somebody else they're wrong. I believe that's the kind of world we've been living in is that this world that like, no, if you oppose me, you're done. You're dead to me. No, that's not what Christ uh, intended for us. That's not what Paul's writing about. He's actually created a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He set a table for us to invite and actually, man, let me hear your heart on this. Why do you feel this way? I wasn't very successful with that with Chloe this week. <laughs> what do you mean? You're carbon dating, you know, and all this stuff, right? So but what, what we found out was Nicole mediated, 
And we found out we were actually both saying the exact same thing, just not in a very gentle way to, to, to speak to the other. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you want to come up and preach the rest of the message on biblical science? No? Okay. Maybe one year. Okay. Ephesians 4, last thing. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. Okay. I'm going to read the first 16 verses, though. <laughs> All right. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Here we are again. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make allowances for one another's faults. Like, man, I've experienced grace, so it's really easy for me to give grace out. I was a terrible person. I received the grace of God. Now, for me, like, I, I honestly can hardly see any wrong in anybody because I've experienced that grace, and I've walked in that grace. So I'm like, oh, cool. They hit me in the face. Awesome. Let's do it again. Most of the time. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for faults. Make every effort to keep yourselves unified in the Spirit, building yourselves together with peace. For this, for there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope of the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. All right, are, are we on the same page now? Three different churches, Paul's confronting here, three different regions, talking about the body being different, that the Spirit gave out gifts, we operate in those, and we love each other. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, and the same one who descended in the one, is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip. Everybody say equip. equip. To make whole. To discover their function. Right? To teach. To empower the people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God, Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies or clever, uh, or, or things lies so clever sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full in what? Love. Okay. There is a theme. The body has different parts. We each have a calling within that part. We each have a special role. It's like the cool carrying dinner where we all bring something different. If we all brought the same thing, it'd be very boring. Today we're having a little cookout. We asked some people to bring a side to share, all right? Now, if everybody brings the same side and it's all macaroni salad, first off, the gluten-free people are going to be angry. Second, the vegan people are going to have an issue and all these other things, right? We, we got... We've got to get this thing straight. So everybody's got to bring something different. And that's the body of Christ. We all bring a special sauce, a special thing to this table that the Lord's prepared for us. And then we all become complete as one body of Christ. And I'm not just talking about the walls of upper room. I'm talking about you play a role within the entire kingdom of God in the way that God designed you, created you, and put himself in you for the fulfillment for the kingdom to come to earth as it is in heaven. It's the Lord's prayer. It's his heart's desire that heaven will literally come to earth. The kingdom will come and it will advance. Now, we have to do it within our own way. You ain't Aaron Simmons, all right? You can't do it the way I do it. We all have this different role. So, 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11 says this, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love conquers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given us each a gift for his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Now, I want to just go through this, this, this list of gifts. First, in 1 Corinthians 12, we had the spiritual gifts. All right, so we had words of wisdom. We had words of knowledge. You should have a list up there here in a moment. So we're going to show that slide, Rob. So 1 Corinthians 12, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gift of healing, 
works of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are spiritual gifts, okay? The Lord uses us in these ways, and at times he can use one of these ways, at times he can use all of these ways. Like, it's just, I wanna, I wanna seek after what does the Lord want, what does he want to do in this person, and what does he wanna do through me in his spirit, okay? So these are spiritual gifts, so you can snapshot this if you're interested in that. Romans 12, this is the grace gifts. Encouragement, giving or generosity, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, and teaching. And then we have the fivefold ministries or the offices in Ephesians 4. These are the, the offices or the ministries in which the church or, or people as well, because we are the temple, we are the church. So I typically operate in the context of an apostle. I don't call myself Apostle Aaron, all right? But I typically, that would be my fivefold ministry gift or office. All right, so there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, Josh Haas, absolute pastor. Pastor, cares about the health of everybody, cares about the marriages and how strong they are, cares about everybody getting nurtured and cared for. Like, he is a pastor. He has a pastor's heart. It's not that I'm not caring. He's just way more caring than I am. An apostle, I want to see heaven come to earth. I want to see everybody empowered. I want to see everybody walk to the fullness of their destiny and calling and anointing in life by Jesus. I want to see heaven collide with earth and us to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see heaven fulfilled. I want to see the kingdom come and the kingdom advance. Like, and I want to empower leaders. I want to raise up others to take my place. I want them to share the platform, right? And you can go through this list. The Culture of Honor is a book by Danny Silk that describes these five-fold areas really brilliantly. All right, so I recommend that book for this area. It talks about a car wreck and what each one of these people would do if they were at that car wreck. The evangelist only, only cares that they're gonna all get saved, right? The pastor cares that they're gonna make it to the hospital and they're gonna, they're gonna get the care they need, right? And you go down the list of what this car wreck does and, and then it plays out what these five-fold are because they're all important within the body and I do have a belief that we should be operating in all five within the body of Christ. We should have prophets here. We should have apostles, evangelists, teachers, pastors within our body here that we're functioning in all those realms and we're healthy in all of those areas. We get scared about prophecy because it was manipulated and abused for many years and in many ministries. The heart of prophecy and the heart of the spiritual gifts and the purpose of all of this is to reveal a really good, powerful father. Prophecy is simply revealing to you or someone else or about a, themselves or a situation what heaven's seeing, what they may not be seeing in themselves. Prophecy is very simple. It's, it's seeing from heaven's eyes, from God's perspective in a person or situation. We get to be the conduit to maybe reveal that to that person or situation. It's, it's nothing more than that. It was never meant to be this thing, this tool, this, this manipulation tool that allows me to gain access to your life, manipulate you, get $1,000 from you, sell this prayer cloth to you, sell this special anointing oil to you. It was never meant for that. It's literally a revelation of the Father and who he sees you as and who he sees situations as and other things and circumstances and problems because to him they're not problems, they're possibilities. Let, let me move on here. So the purpose is literally Jesus' connection, the Father's love, and Holy Spirit's power. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. That's the purpose of the fivefold. That's the purpose. The fivefold's to equip everybody to do the work of their ministry. That's the purpose of the fivefold. The purpose of the spiritual gifts is literally to reveal and glorify the Father. All right, it's to reveal the love, goodness, and power of God. It's to reveal his nature, ability, and thoughts about his sons and daughters. It's to bring him glory and to bring him fame, all right? And it's literally to lead others to an extravagant love of Jesus. The healing itself was never meant to be worshiped. I've seen crazy healings. I've seen dead people raised. I've seen deaf ears open, literally, from childbirth deafness to open hearing like that and having to cover ears because it was so loud. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen backs straighten up. I've seen broken shoulders all of a sudden pop back into place on the medic. I've seen these crazy things. We saw a guy with scoliosis in Dominican Republic. He was hunched over, and all of a sudden we start praying for him, and like Rice Krispies, pop, 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 stand straight up. My kids, we were in Mexico, and we were at our church there, and, and we went door to door, and we were just sharing the love of Jesus, giving out groceries and different things. And this lady came to the door. Her hands were literally like this, 
We said, can we pray for you? She had severe arthritis, was elderly. All of a sudden, we began to pray for her. Her hands open up, and she began to do this, and her eyes were this big, and her hands are doing this, and she had full mobility then. We've seen these radical things. We, you know, Catherine Toll, I don't know if she's here today, but she was in a service a couple years ago here. She had metal in her foot. Scott Thompson, who preached here a couple weeks ago, he referenced it in his message, but didn't say what happened. He said, hey, is there anybody here with metal in their body? This is crazy stuff, all right? It might challenge you a little bit, but these are real things that you can't deny. She, she stood up. She's like, I've had metal in my body. I haven't been able to dance for decades, right, Bruce? Was it decades? All of a sudden, she stands up. She can no longer feel the metal in her foot, starts moving it, starts dancing. She's like, I can dance again. Helen Church, who's just a sweet lady of upper room, she's, she's at home right now. But she's all of a sudden, Leah, um, my sister, the Lord told her, said, hey, if you go pray for Helen and, and check in the bathroom, I think her tumor's gonna be dissolved. Well, God didn't say probably, I think. God probably said, like, her tumor will be dissolved. She had a softball-sized tumor on the side of her breast underneath her armpit. All of a sudden, they go back. They come into the church. We didn't know any of this was going on. We start hearing yelling and screaming and going, people going crazy. We find out what happened was it was all the way gone, disappeared. Now, when you start seeing hundreds, if not probably thousands of these by now, since my last 13, 14 years of being saved, you start to want to worship. I, for a season there, I began to worship the miracles. And I became in this very unhealthy place because then when the miracles were happening, I was let down. When that person wasn't healed or that prophetic word wasn't accurate, then I was feeling insecure or, or less than. And I had to realize, and the Lord brought me through this process, that you're never meant to worship the healing. You're meant to worship the healer. You're never meant to worship the prophetic word. You're meant to worship the Lord who gives the word. And, and with all of these gifts, we're not meant to worship the gifts. Many people can operate in a gift. Trust me, I did it for years without really even needing God. Then I hit rock bottom a couple years ago. We're going to shift here for a minute. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, two years ago, I hit this bottom pit. I realized after this journey, we had bought this house and things had been stripped away, some hurtful things had been happening to us in the ministry beyond some other personal stuff. And we, we bought this house. It wrecked our finances. <laughs> it's a beautiful house now. It was a process and a very hard season to go through in my life with my wife and four kids not having a kitchen for eight weeks. Or we're doing uh, dishes out in the winter in a pan outside trying to break ice. It's crazy stuff. All right, killing snakes and uh, raccoons and, you know, five mice in the register. We're getting after it, right? Wasn't invited to speak anywhere for a year all of these hardships had struggled and struggling with night terrors and all these things from a baby um, dying in a fire that I couldn't save. So all of these things hit at once. And then I, I, I realized and I had to go through this journey, this, hum, this humbling journey. It's actually when I started CrossFit too. You want to be humbled? Like go to a CrossFit gym. I'm about to be really humbled tomorrow at a, at a workout called Murph, okay? I'll be absolutely humbled. I don't even know if I'm even going to do it all. However, this journey took me to a place that was my bottom at that, for that season in my life, for that season. I had some deaths and had some different things. And I had realized that my identity and my affirmation was coming in my speaking ability and being invited places. I had realized that, that my significance was in, in the gift rather than the Lord and just a personal intimacy with the Lord. I had realized these things, and if any one of them had not happened, I may not have got to the humility and the, the, the place I needed to get. So I had insecurities, but arrogance all at the same time. But I had these gifts. I, ha I, could, I could pray healing for people. I have the gift of faith. It's one of my gifts. I operate in the gift of faith. Nothing is ever too big for God. All right, it makes me an optimist. I'm naturally an optimist. So I have this gift of faith. Ah, oh, cancer, God can do that. I've seen nine dead people raised. I can, I, cancer's nothing for God. So you, you see these crazy things, and, and then all of a sudden I realized though I was resting and relying on a gift, and I really was operating without the need of God. My point in sharing that story is that it's not about the gifts, it's not about the spiritual gifts, it's about the spirit that gives the gifts. And it's such an empowering life when we realize like, yep, don't care if I'm ever invited to speak anywhere else because I'm home. Water or no water in our kitchen, my family loves me. 
I actually went down to Florida, got some counseling, you know, had to journey through some PTSD and some other things that I had to go through and some other things that were creeping in. Temptations were creeping in that hadn't crept in in eight years. Lust was starting to tempt me that hadn't been there for eight or nine years. These are journeys that Nicole and I had to journey through two years ago. But God, let me, let me move on. It takes risk. For one, I, I just want to say this. I'm going to close here in about five minutes, maybe 10 at the most. Okay, maybe 20. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I promise. God knows exactly what you need right when you need it. And he'll never, ever fall short of what you need. Sometimes we just need to step out. Peter, it's this crazy thing that we think, well, if, if we fail, then what? Peter stepped out of the boat. And I love Scott Thompson's, like, like portray of this. P Peter walks on water, right? There are people in the boat. And, and we've heard so many messages condemning Peter for losing faith, right? And losing sight of Jesus, right? He freaking walked on water. He actually stepped out of the boat and went for it. And he walked on water. Like, hello, the courage and the risk that took and the faith that took just to take that step out in the middle of the sea. But then when he fell and when he, 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 he did lose faith or whatever we want to say, he found the very thing he was looking for, the Father's hand. There, waiting for him, holding his hand. It's a beautiful picture that even when we take risk and step out, like, it's this thing. I, I love uh, Steve Justice had a quote, if I can find it. He says, we don't learn the power of the spiritual gifts unless we use them. It takes risk, but if we never step out to try to use a gift, we'll never know the power of it. We'll never know if that person needed it. I don't know if you've ever, like, went through that McDonald's line and felt like, man, I should say something really nice to this person. That's probably a word of knowledge or maybe even a prophetic word that the Lord's trying to drop in you to give to that person. Then you drive away, you're like, ah, oh, I feel like I should have done that. Anybody else had a moment like that where you regretted it and you're like, man, I should have done that. Or, man, I should have gave that person $5. But you're fighting that, that, that temptation to judge that person holding that sign. Ah, they probably don't need it. Probably got a nice car parked down the street. Then you drive away like, man, who am I to judge? I should have gave the money. Anybody, anybody else but me? That's usually the Lord prompting you to do something, and it's not for your place to judge whether that person needed it or not. He'll work it out. It just takes our risk. Listen, he says, be strong and courageous. We wouldn't need courage if we didn't ever have to take risk. And walking in these spiritual gifts, don't, don't get frustrated over by what gift do I have? What, what gifts do I have? What, what one did the Lord give me? Like he can give all of the gifts to all of us. Don't worry about that. Think about the purpose of the gift, to reveal him to that person and to you and make him famous. So maybe it's the gift of healing if I see somebody with crutches. <laughs> Maybe you just sense somebody's having a bad day. Maybe you just realize like your waitress is total, giving you total crappy service right now, but maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe she's going through some junk right now. Maybe she just needs loved on a little bit. Maybe she needs that, that word of knowledge, that, that, that prophecy, that encouraging word, that gift of healing, or maybe just generosity. Yep, today's the day I'm gonna leave a $100 tip. You know, who knows? I don't know what, 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 what it is in those situations, but God does. And if we just simply step out and take the risk, he will use that, and trust me, it will never fail. Let, let me just reword this. You can't mess this up. If you pray for somebody and nothing happens, what's the worst thing that happens? Nothing. If you pray for a broken bone and nothing happens, guess what? That bone's probably still broke. You, you can't mess that up unless you like Smith Wigglesworth it. Please don't do that. That's faith I'm not even comfortable with in this society, all right? I don't know if they had lawsuits the way we do today as they did back then. But anyway, like when I pray for dead people, I've prayed for hundreds of dead people and only seen nine raised through prayer, no medicine. Hundreds out of hundreds. But guess what? That's nine that have a story. Nine more than some of you. Because <laughs> you haven't tried. Heidi Baker says that she prayed for thousands and thousands of blind eyes before she saw the first one open up. That's crazy. The faith. Okay, maybe it's this one. Okay, maybe it's this one. All right, maybe it's this one. I'm telling you, if you don't go for it, you're never going to see it. 
can't mess this up. Let me, let me share one story, and then we'll, I promise to close. We're in Dollar Tree. I've been hanging out with my buddy, Kevin Dedman, who is an evangelist, uh, operates in a gift of healing and so, so many cool things. And, and he, he's the kind of guy that like, will show up in the emergency room, and he'll scream out, I'm here to pray for anybody who wants healing, and it's free, and you don't have to pay a deductible or a copay. He'll just show up in the ER and do that. And, like, people will get healed, and it's crazy. And I'm like, wow, that's wild, okay? I don't know if my pride is quite there yet. I need to pray on my pride now. I've had a, humil- a humbling couple of years, but I-, I still need to go deeper, all right? So, but I'm around him, and I'm feeling it, all right? I'm feeling it. Anybody else get around somebody else, and you're like, you're feeling it. So I go to Dollar Tree, and this is the best daddy day ever because um, every kid gets two items. Any two items you want, girls. We have four daughters. I was like, any two items. Two, daddy? Yes, two. It's $8. Win. Win for the dads. All right, so, so I'm there, all right, and I'm, I'm, hearing, um, I'm hearing right wrist pain. I'm hearing that from the Lord. I'm like, okay. I yell out, anybody have right wrist pain? Nothing. I'm like, and that was kind of embarrassing. So I walk around again. I was like, anybody, right wrist pain? Nothing. I'm like, okay, well, maybe not today, Lord. So I go to the register, and the girls are checking out, and I was like, hey, the manager's checking us out. And it's like, you got right wrist pain? He's like, no. I got left knee pain. Win! Yes! Now, anatomically, you can't get a whole lot further apart, all right? Maybe if it was left foot, right wrist to left knee. I'm like, okay, all right. I was like, man, can we pray for you? Can my daughters lay hands on your knee and pray for you? Yeah, yeah. So they go behind the counter. It's kind of like an open space. They go, (sighs) he starts doing that. He's like, I'm healed. He starts hopping up and down and going crazy. Now, now, let me just say this. In our risk, I stepped out. I stepped out big. I've only done that a couple times. Again, outside of this context, I don't like speaking in front of groups. But I'm like, right wrist pain. I felt like such an idiot and failure, all right? And then we get to the counter. I was like, yes! And then they got to experience this, and my daughters got to see this healing, and this man, and I was like, man, the Father loves you so much that he brought us here today to pay for, pray for your left knee. I was like, so you you can walk in freedom. And then we give this encouraging word from this healing. Now, I couldn't have been more wrong, honestly. But I just stepped out of that boat, tried to walk on this water, and I took this step of courage and faith, and the Lord used it. I'll tell you, there's been many, 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 many times, hundreds of times where we didn't see the tangible healing, or we didn't see the impact, or we didn't see that impactful transformation that we had hoped for. But I can't tell you how many times that that person will say, but man, we felt compassion. Let me just say this. It usually doesn't lead to nothing. It usually leads to somebody at least acknowledging that you stopped your day, that you stopped in that moment of time to care for them enough to ask if you could pray. Let me just remind you, it's not illegal to ask somebody to pray for them. It's not illegal to ask. Now, if they say no, don't push it. Just pray for them in silence, okay? No, but here's the deal. They at least are moved with compassion and moved from the love of God. If we just step out and take that risk, you guys can come to the piano or or whatever. It's literally easy when you're just partnering with God. Let Let me just wrap this up by saying, the spiritual gifts are easy when we're only doing what the Father wants to do. We're just a a willing vessel. That's all that we are. I'm hungry for the gifts because I'm hungry to be full of Jesus and impact the lives around me. That's my motivation. I wanna make God famous and I wanna impact the lives around me. And the easiest way I've found to do that is to operate within the Holy Spirit and allow him to use me the way he wants to in that person at that moment. I don't try to figure out what gift tests I I can take and what gifting I have. I've learned through time a few that I have. I've learned through time uh, a few that I could could improve on. (laughs) Can I share one more story? Are those stories fun for you? I wanted to press into the gift of prophecy and um, not not usually in my wheelhouse. I can, good at encouraging words, good at uplifting, comforting type prophecy, but I'm talking about like word of knowledge, like a, like, crazy word of knowledge, accurate, 
into prophecy, like a Sean Bulls thing. So I just went to a Sean Bulls uh, conference, and I'm like, I'm going to try this thing. So I'm at a training for the fire department in, uh, south of Cincinnati, and I'm with this dude in the hot tub, two dudes in a hot tub, and it was already kind of weird. And I was like, hey, uh, I was hearing knee pain. I was like, do you have knee pain? Uh, first off, you know, obviously building relationship. Like that's on, relationship opens up these times. Let me, let me not skip over that. This is not a teaching on how to operate in the gifts. However, like build some relationship. Hey, what are you here for? Okay, he's a professor. He's from Stanford. He's here teaching something. I was like, cool, cool, cool. I didn't say that. I was actually a little bit more intelligent for, for that conversation. So I was like, man, do you have left knee pain? He's like, no. He gets up out of the hot tub, puts his towel on, and just leaves. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I made that really weird. Like, I don't know if he was thinking I was hitting on him or what. I don't know. But he just left. I was like, awkward. So next guy comes in. I was like, all right, I'm going after this. I was like, and do you have knee pain? Build a relationship. Why are you here? Do you have knee pain? Yeah, I, have, I do. Why? And I've been practicing. The Lord's, I've been asking for this gift of the word of knowledge and, and prophecy. And I'm, I've been asking the Lord to give me, so can I just try this on you? Yeah. Man, I see this plane and it's soaring and it's, it's rising up and this plane is going. And there's this transition in your life. And the Father's just saying, go for it. And he says, and, 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 I, and he says, also, it's not your past that defines you. And I give him this word. And, and I was like, and the Father is celebrating you. And I feel like there's something with religion as a baggage in your background. But the Lord's calling you to freedom and sonship. And the Father loves you. And you are his beloved son. And he cherish, cherishes you. Whoa. You're not going to believe this. I actually came here this weekend because I'm at a conference because I'm a pilot and I'm, I'm asking the Lord whether or not I should switch from being a commercial pilot to a private commercial pilot. And, and he's like, and I grew up German Baptist and all these things. And, and I was just saying, man, I would love confirmation from the Father's heart. I was like, well, here you go, man. We prayed and he's like, thanks. Oh, can I tell you what started it? I was like, I started it by saying, after the, before the knee pain, I was like, hey man, do these dates mean anything to you? Sorry, I forgot that part. That was the best part. I was like, I got two dates for you. I was like, August 28th, I don't remember them now, but August 28th and June 3rd, do those mean anything to you? Why do you ask? And then I went into the whole thing. And at the end, he told me, he's like, those dates you gave me, one was my anniversary and the other one was our only child's birthday. I was like, now, I totally failed and botched the first one, but I didn't give up. I didn't get discouraged. I was like, all right, Lord, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm never gonna see these people again in my life. Those are the easy ones. The hard ones is when the person that's next to you that you work with every day, or that cousin that you see on a regular basis, like, man, I got a word of knowledge for you. And you get that wrong, you're like, oh, man, sorry, God loves you. And then in your mind, you're secretly thinking, yeah, they're lying. I know that touched them. I know that was for them. All right, I'm, I'm rambling now, but I just want to expose you to the goodness of God. Let me just encourage you with this one last thought. Don't lower your theology to what you're comfortable with. Raise your faith of what he's able to do. I think sometimes we lower our, our theology and we lower our expectation. Let me, let me reword that. Don't lower your expectation based on your theology. God was the perfect example of spiritual gifts. He became the perfect example in flesh for taking risk. I'm telling you, he became perfect theology. And he walked the earth doing signs, wonders, miracles, revealing the Father, sharing the love of, of who he was, advancing the kingdom, simply sharing the gospel. Jesus became perfect theology. And we want to think it's weird if we pray for somebody and lay hands on them. I mean, he was rubbing mud in somebody's eyes to get them to see and praying Jesus to heal them. Okay? We're not weird. It's what God wants to do. And it just might be the very thing that day that leads somebody to an encounter with Jesus to give their hearts to them that leads to an eternal life. Stand with me. It's a little unsettled coming into this one. I don't know.
know why. I was even kind of in a bad mood. I was excited to prep this message, and I got really, I, I was drinking the best cortado in Indianapolis. And I was like, man, this is going to be a good one Sunday. And I get here today, I was like, man, I'm not feeling this. I feel like the Lord had this different, like, I don't know, this plan. I'd like to jump back in that no matter what you need, God, God knows. And no matter what you need, like, he's going to fulfill that need. And I think that's the heart of the spiritual gifts. That no matter what the person around you needs, like, God's got the gift to meet that need. And I think sometimes we, we put the emphasis, well, I'm going to operate in healing, and I'm just going to try to heal everybody around me. That's cool. That's awesome. And there's healing in different ways. And sometimes we think only physical healing. Well, there's heart healing. There's emotional healing. I had to go through physical, emotional, and spiritual healing two years ago. I was hurt in all three areas. And then I realized, and that's what led Nicole and I to this journey of how closely all three interact. And if I, I was operating on, I was going on two hours sleep a night for almost 30 days trying to get our house done. And I crashed. But I don't know what you have here today. I don't know, like, I think about Memorial Day. I get a little emotional anyway. I get emotional even thinking about Lieutenant Murphy, who we're going to honor tomorrow at our gym. I get emotional thinking about where I was 14 years ago, where I was two years ago. And I can't help but think that God has the very thing within every bit of his nature of what you need and those around you need. If we're just willing to step out and take that risk, either for ourselves to say, yes, Jesus, fill me. Listen, it was no one else's problem two years ago but me. I was the problem. I was the issue. I had, I had rested on a gift rather than being filled with the Spirit and just allowing Him to use me where and however He wished. Can I just pray for you? I feel this heartache in here today. Just in this moment right now, I feel there's heartache. I know it's supposed to be spiritual gifts and all that. It's gonna do this whole thing on risk and have us take risk and activate us here right now, but I feel like there's some heaviness right now. But just for a moment, I wanna just pray for heartache. Maybe you're going through something rough. Maybe, maybe you've lost something this past year. Maybe a person, maybe a hope. Maybe you've lost a feeling of joy. I'd just love to pray for you. I'll be honest, like, it feels like there's even like, how can I help, how can I pray for that healing when I'm this miserable or this, going through this journey or going through this trauma or this circumstance? I wanna help others. Like, I feel that's your heart right now. Like, I wanna help others, but you're literally just like surviving with the Lord right now. I just love to pray for you if you're in that group. I just love, like God knows your heart's desire. It says, as you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll honor your heart's desire, the desires of your heart. So Lord, I just pray for any heaviness here. I pray for any heartache, heartbreak, lonesomeness, any, any feeling of loss right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, your heart is that we are full that we trust you, that we have faith in you, that we have hope in you, Jesus. It's not about a gift. It's not about a healing. It's not about a word. It's about you, Jesus. It's about you and you alone. You are good. You are worthy. I pray healing right now. Let's go after the gift of healing in those areas. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Lord, we pray for healing right now. We pray healing in physical bodies in the name of Jesus. We bind anything of the enemy. We bind any attack. We bind any ailment or diagnosis. And we loose heaven in Jesus' name. You've given us the authority to bind and loose. We loose heaven. We loose healing. We loose your goodness. We loose your power. We loose your love in Jesus' name. 
Lord, we pray for minds right now, that they'll be transformed, that minds will be renewed for transformation. Minds, mental disease, illness, depression, anxiety, fear. In Jesus' name, your perfect love casts out all fear. Your peace is is the solution to anxiety in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray healing for the spiritual realm. We pray healing for spiritual hurts. We pray healing for spiritual deadness right now in the name of Jesus. Awaken us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. All right, I am gonna activate. So if anybody just needs prayer, maybe you, one of those areas, mind, body, soul, spirit. If you need prayer for anything, I know there's people journeying through some stuff right now in all areas. Will you just raise your hand? This is, we're not gonna call you up front. We're not gonna single you out. We're not gonna give you a microphone. If you just need prayer, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. There's a few people. Raise your hand. Just keep that hand up, please. If you're around them, will you just gently put a hand on them? If they're willing to share with you what they need prayer for, will you ask? And if they're not, God knows that. If they're not willing to share, God knows the specific need. But I'm gonna activate the believers to lay hands on the sick right now and they will recover. So with your hands up until somebody's praying for you, keep that up. If somebody's praying for you, you can put your hand down. So if you see somebody with their hand up, please go go find them right now and just ask what's going on and ask how you can pray. We're gonna take a moment here. There's a gentleman in the back under the stairs. There's a gentleman here, here we go. Lord, we thank you. You are good. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to save, heal, and deliver. Your promises are yes and amen. for something physical, just do a quick assessment and see if anything changed. Maybe if it was a knee, see if however it hurt before, see if it still hurts. See if God healed instantly. Just test it out. Alright Lord, we thank you. healed and you felt a tangible difference, like a physical difference, and you can tell, will you just wave two hands at us? Any physical healing? One, two, any others? Two or three? Okay, thank you, Jesus. We had some cool ones last week. Here's what I want to say. God's not done with you. You were called for such a time as this. You were called here today for this moment in time for the Lord to speak to you however you received. The Bible says that he came to seek and save that which was lost. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You were the joy set before him. He came to seek and save that which was lost, not just who, but that. So whatever it is, for physical, for mind, for body, for spirit, for emotion, for hopelessness, depression, that which was lost. So if you've lost hope, If you've lost joy, if you've lost those things, he came to seek and save that which was lost. He will give you and fill you with all of what you desire and what you need and what he promises. He says that his grace is sufficient for all needs. So it's good, good news. All right, we're gonna ask our prayer team to come. They're gonna be up front here. They're gonna be praying. If you need further prayer, you want some more intimate prayer, you want um, anything at all, 
Let me challenge you this. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, please get with me. It'll be the best relationship and decision of your life starting today if you don't know Jesus as Savior. We never wanna leave an opportunity to share the most important news on the planet, Jesus. So God bless you guys. Happy Memorial Day and have an incredible day. Thank you. Love you.